early on in the history of television and film. We're talking the 30s and 40s. There was a genre that was huge back then. And then in the 70s and 80s, it started to die out. This is honestly one of my favorite genres of entertainment. And now it's sort of making its way back. Sorta. What is this genre? I'm gonna tell you. Let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk. I'm Jody Rollins, and this is kind of an interesting episode. I mean, I like to think that they're all interesting, but this is interesting because it's sort of um, a two-parter in one, right? It's not a double episode. It's just I, I try to have a topic per episode, one specific topic, but this episode has kind of a twofold where one thing is going to lead us to talk about another. Here at at Big Time Small Talk, we like to deep dive right into surface conversations. When you stick with small talk, you just get the surface. But I love to really get into the nitty gritty. So that's what we're doing. Which, by the way, before we get into what is that genre that I was talking about, I'm going to leave the cliffhanger just a little bit longer. I want to share a couple things with you. Number one, exciting news. We continue to grow, adding more and more countries and more and more listeners. Thank you so much. If you're clicking in for the first time or the second or however however many times, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's really hard to grow a, pro- a podcast, and I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate it. Um, so one of the exciting announcements I have is that I'm, I have some new equipment coming. And as you guys may know, when you start something new, you know, you, you obviously have to make some sort of investment in it, no matter what it is. And so I bought some equipment and it's mm, sort of okay equipment, but the stuff that I have coming, I think it's going to be here by October 10th, is going to make this show sound so much better more professional I mean I was like that's it because I've listened back and I try to listen back to every single well I have listened back to every single episode and sometimes there's overmodulation. I've sneezed I hear background noises it gets really loud and then it gets silent and there's clicking and all sorts of noises so I made sure to order a mixer and better microphone and all kinds of goodies to make the show sound the best it possibly can so I'm excited because you know, obviously the only thing you guys have to go off of is the content and the way it sounds. And the quality of the sound is really, really important. So I just want to continue to grow the show and make it sound better and better and better. So I'm excited about that. Let's see, what else? I have another announcement. So as most of you know, I'm on a TV co show. That's TV co. It's an app that has all kinds of online shows. It's like a YouTube, but different. It's like an Instagram, but not. It's like Facebook Watch, but not. But it's another application that has entertainment on it. So it's kind of like a network, if you will. And they have several, you know, many shows, and it's all online. So I'm on a show called Armchair All-Stars, 
and myself and three other co-hosts have been broadcasting live every Tuesday on the TV Co app. Big news! I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but we are expanding our simulcast. So you can hear us on, let's see, I get a, I get Stitcher and Twitch mixed up. It's Twitch, TV Co, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Oh, yeah, I think that's all of them. All of those at once. Facebook, Twitter. Yes, all of those at the same time live. So now you can watch us, whether or not you feel like downloading the TV Co app, whether or not you have YouTube, whether or not you have Facebook, Twitter, everybody has at least one of those apps, if not all or several. So there's all kinds of ways. Tuesday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, which is 6 p.m. Pacific, just Google Armchair All-Stars and you can watch it across all of those platforms live. And I mean, we just meet up and it's totally, you know, we don't try to edit ourselves. It's the raw deal. We talk about Big Brother. And even if you've never seen that show, granted, you won't know who we're talking about. We have a blast. If you haven't watched this season, but you've watched past seasons of Big Brother, I think you'll still enjoy the show. It's really, really fun. And I think we do a good job and I enjoy my co-hosts. So there's that. All right. So. The little opener of the show, we call that the cold opener. During the cold open, I mentioned having a favorite genre, genre, and it's sort of gone now. Well, this genre, that's a word that's hard to say when you're like, oh, I just ate some Starburst, so like my mouth is watering before I started the podcast. Um, so my favorite genre is mystery. Now, if you think about it, like, what movies are popular right now? Well, obviously, can't really go to movie theaters. I mean, I don't know if any movie theaters are actually open, but I know in California, they are not. I think they're open in some states. But the big popular movies, if it weren't for COVID, are always like superhero, um, action, mythology, you know, all that kinds of stuff where it's like Superman or Green Lantern and all of that and Ant-Man or you also have like what's the one with vin diesel the whole cars movie you can tell i don't even watch that all that kind of stuff or action where people are running and shooting each other and car chases and then there's a lot of animation that's popular and then things that are like the lord of the rings which is old i know but like that kind of mythology thing and then there's like star wars and star trek and any kind of like you know interplanetary stuff and then once you get past all of that then you have some more kids movies then you have like chick flicks which believe it or not I don't even like chick flicks because they make women look so stupid they're always like on their way to a job interview and oh my gosh my heel broke oh my god what am I gonna do and then they fall into like a pile of dog dew like face first and then they they you know can't get to the washroom fast enough and then they rip their skirt and then they show up to the interview and they're just breathlessly like hi can I have a job <laughs> and I'm just like that doesn't happen in real life 
Like, it's just, ugh, I just think they make them so dumb. And then, of course, the boss thinks they're ridiculous, and the boss is their love interest, and the boss hates them at first, and they hate the boss, but then they're forced to work together, and then they, of course, fall in love with each other, but then someone comes between them, and then they break up, but then they realize they're supposed to be together, and something forces them back together, and then they realize we are meant to be, and then they live happily ever after. It's all formulaic. I just, ugh, I don't like those. I like dramedies and dramas, like dark comedies. Like if you go to history, you know, I don't, well, earlier history, not earlier history. If you go to more recent history, that's what I want to say, of films. I love movies like Fargo, um, Silkwood. I mean, again, this is stuff in the like 80s, 90s, 2000s. Uh, what else was really good? Um gosh, I can't think of some of the types of movies that I like, but just really slices of life, powerhouse performances. You know, just everyday people where something happens. Not schmaltzy where they're dying of a disease. I mean, sometimes that happens, but where it's like a tearjerker, but just slices of life. And sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're more serious. That's what I like. But my favorite genre as I said, is mysteries. And that died out. When I was a kid, there was this thing called mystery theater. And this is, I think, the beginning of my love of podcasting because it was on the radio. I think it was even on AM radio. And there was this guy, his, this actor, and he had this rich voice. And it was like very low and gravelly. And his name was Vincent Price. If you ever listen to, what is the, the Michael Jackson song? Oh my God, is it? doesn't matter if we're black or white or thriller. Oh my God, how could I forget? So Vincent Price is the voice on Michael Jackson's thriller. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down. And found, stand and face the founds, the lands of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell <laughs> whatever okay i know i'm not vincent price and i messed up the words but it was something like that i mean everybody knows thriller if for some reason you're a gen z or a millennial well millennials know it but a gen x or z or whatever wait i'm a gen x am i gen x yeah Zen, whatever generation you are that somehow you don't know that song just google Michael Jackson's Thriller and you will hear that rich raspy deep voice of Vincent Price I loved his voice and so he was on Mystery Theater and it was always like what Mystery Theater is was like mystery stories and they had great sound effects it would be like you know a knock at the door. Who is it? It's me. I need some help, would say like the damsel in distress. And then you'd hear something else and it would be like a fight and you hear like pounding and sound effects and like crackling noises. Of course, I'm not a person with sound effects. And then, you know, they would get a letter and it would be like, open up the letter. And then there'd be applause yeah, or whatever. And I loved it because it was like, what's gonna happen next? You were hanging on the edge of your seat. What is going to happen next? 
And there were all kind of movies that were like that. So it wasn't just mystery theater. You could watch TV shows or mysteries in the theater everywhere. And then as I grew up, they sort of faded and mysteries became like intrigue. Like, oh my gosh, who, you know, kidnapped my daughter in that Liam Neeson movie, Taken. And so then there's a gunfight and a car chase. The thing about mysteries, there's not gunfights. There's not car chases. It's just who did it? Who done it? What happened? You know, and I loved them. And so now, good luck trying to find mysteries. But what I've realized is that mysteries have taken sort of a different turn. You can find them, but they've morphed. They've evolved into what? Documentaries. I love documentaries. And if you guys are like me, you watch documentaries on Netflix. And I don't care if they're docu-series, you know, several series in one, like, series or several episodes in one series, or like a two-hour documentary. But I want to talk to you guys about two that I just, well, one I'm in the middle of watching and one I just finished watching. And the first one that I'm in the middle of watching, The Vow. It's on HBO and it's about this weird organization called like Nexium something or another, MX Nexium. I don't know, it's really strange. And it's basically a cult. And all these people join and they figure, oh my gosh, this is the answer to life's questions and it's a way to find happiness. And they work really hard and they invest their money in this and they do all these things. And it seems great until it takes a turn and they have to commit themselves. They have to make a vow, which is where the name of this documentary comes from, like a commitment to Nexium. And the way they commit themselves to like living their best life is they have to do what they call, what is it called? Um, they have to share collateral, which is deep, dark secrets, stuff you would not want anyone to know about you or your life or your family. And they have to share that information like on videotape with someone else who's higher up in this cult. It's nuts. So that when, if, and when, if or when, they want to leave, they can't get out because they can be blackmailed with all of this collateral. And so the documentary is about this woman and this filmmaker, how they want to get out of the cult and expose it for what it is. I mean, I'm not even putting in all the details. There are women sleeping with the big leader. There's like all sorts of branding. They literally like a cattle brand. They light this thing and they burn it into their skin. It's nuts, but it's a really good documentary. Oh my God. Again, HBO, The Vow. I highly recommend this. It's several parts. The thing I hate about HBO, which if anybody out there, I know, actually I do know a producer who did work for HBO. If there's any chance you're listening, which there probably isn't, but if there is, stop slow release. I hate the slow release. When you slow release, then I got to tune in every Sunday at 9 p.m. to see a two-hour episode. I hate that. Once Netflix like rocked our world and changed everything where they say, here's an entire season, have at it. That's what I want. 
I hate that Hulu does it and HBO does it and um, you know all the standard television networks just put the whole season out I'm gonna watch it anyway I'm sure there's a reason because they don't want people to just order HBO at the trial seven-day thing and then cancel probably that's it among other reasons where the, you won't stay with HBO but I just want to watch a few episodes when I want to watch or I want to binge when I want to binge you guys know what I mean like that's like the best when you just maybe had a bad day or whatever and you just want to cuddle up with your blankie and just watch as many episodes as you like so I call it slow release it's annoying stop it HBO that's the downside to the vow it is slow release that's why I've stopped watching it because I watched the first three episodes because I was behind and now I'm like I'm just gonna wait till they're all done and then I can watch it at my own pace I think there's I don't know one or two more episodes maybe three maybe it's finished I don't know I gotta catch up but it's really good and I, I'm really curious to hear what you guys think it's a mystery it's it's at its foundation you're like how in the hell like you don't even know when the whole documentary begins and I'm not gonna spoil anything I'm not gonna spoil anything you're like what is this this looks amazing it looks like the happiest place on earth like people are connecting with each other they're sharing they're open they're lifting oh they're like lifting each other up I'm like I want to join this and then you realize it's really dark and they can't get out so it's good highly recommend it i'll have to see what happens i'll catch you guys up on it when i finish the whole thing in a, in a later episode so then the other documentary i watched was kind of chilling like i just i had heard about this one from a friend and then i saw it in my netflix suggestions and it delivers it's not one of the best documentaries I've ever seen, which, by the way, some of the best ones I've ever seen. Um, the Keepers, How to, what was that? What was that? Um, not How to Make a Murder. The, the Murderer one. Oh my God, the one that everybody and his brother watched. I can't remember it, but it was like 10 episodes. I should just look it up here on Netflix right now. But anyway, there are so many good documentaries on Netflix you can just google them the one about Gabriel uh, Fernandez the little boy who unfortunately was killed by his mom and the foster care system just failed him like it is heartbreaking but it's a really really good documentary so highly recommend that one as well but so the newest one that's out right now it was good but it was sad and disturbing. And I'm gonna tell you what that was and what I thought about it coming up right after the break. Making a Murderer. That was the name of that documentary on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, I don't know what rock you live under, where have you been? You gotta tell me because it's a 10 part series that blew up on Netflix. What, like three years ago? I mean, oh, you will be on the edge of your seat. And it's all true. That's the thing I like about documentaries is I'm like, oh, I mean, 
like is probably the wrong word in a way because it's just, you know, people are ending up dead or hurt or something terrible happens in their lives. But I guess there's a little bit of like, gee, we're, we're making entertainment out of these stories. But I think there's something to be learned from documentaries, no matter what the topic. I mean, that was a fascinating one. And it changed the outcome in the people's lives because of the documentary. I mean, then there was a second part, Making a Murderer, if you haven't seen it. Um, I was trying to think of some other great ones, Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh, that one was really good. The Confession Tapes. Um, gosh, there's so, so many on Netflix. Just, oh, and then there's one that's don't F with cats. Like it's literally F star star K. So they don't say the whole bad word. That one you just have to be really prepared for. And then, of course, the popular ones that everybody knows about, Tiger King, and um, I guess there's some about Ted Bundy that I've watched as well. But I want to talk about the most recent one that I saw, and I watched it over the weekend, American Murder, The Family Next Door. American Murder, The Family Next Door. Okay, so spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, push pause go watch it and then come right back to this episode because it's really good. I mean, it's disturbing. Okay, I'll give you that moment to pause. Okay, that's it. That's all you get. That's the chance if you want to not have it be spoiled for you. So let's get into it. Okay, so basically the creepy part about this documentary is that they use real footage police footage, Facebook videos and pictures of this family. And they're living in Colorado and it looks like the nicest, like perfect little family. It's a white couple. They live in Franklin, Colorado. I grew up in Colorado. I never heard of Franklin, Colorado. I heard of towns next to it, but somehow never heard of Franklin, Colorado. Anyway, nice suburban neighborhood. They live in this beautiful home. Everything looks great. And this, this woman, she does a lot of Facebook videos because I think she does direct sales on something. They may have mentioned it. I didn't quite catch what. So there's a lot of personal videos that she shares and they use text messages that she sent her friends and family. And it is so creepy because you see this husband and wife and they have these two beautiful little girls and then she gets pregnant and everything just looks good. And this is one of those documentaries where they start it sort of from the backward, the, they start it backwards and go forwards and then go backwards and go forwards, you know, in time. But I'm not gonna try to tell it to you that way because it's just too confusing. But hopefully you've seen it, but I guess if you don't wanna watch it, you just wanna hear me talk about it, that's good too. So long story short, you see the couple and they start to have some issues. And the wife is just like texting her friend and she's just like, I feel like he's not paying attention to me. We haven't had sex in a long time. I mean, we usually we couldn't keep our hands off of each other. I don't know what's going on. His parents hate me, like all this stuff. And the husband like was a little chubby when they got married and then he's like rocking like six pack hard abs all of a sudden and isn't paying as much attention to the wife as she said. But then one day, one morning, 
the wife and the daughters end up missing. And they have all this police footage where the husband is like, I don't know where they are. I just went to work and I came back and I was calling and he's like nervous. And to be honest, I don't know this guy from a hole in the wall, but he just seemed a different kind of nervous. Like if your family is missing, you are distraught, you're concerned, your entire family, your two little daughters, they were like three and six or something like that. And your pregnant wife, so that's four people that you don't know where they are. And you're not thinking she just left you because her phone is at the house, like the kids' blankets are missing, like all these things don't add up. And so you go on this sort of ride with the documentary and they keep looking at the husband and he's like, no, 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 it's not me. And of course, long story short, first he says, oh, my wife, she hurt the daughters. And I flipped out and I killed my wife, which, come on now. By the way, the police were doing this interview with him and they're like, you know, tell us what happened. Tell us what happened. We know that you failed your polygraph. Tell us what happened. Did maybe your wife do something to your kids and you got upset and maybe you did something to harm your wife? I was like, why are you giving him ideas? And then right after that interview happens, he says, uh, yeah, my wife, she harmed the kids. And so I flipped out and I harmed my wife. I'm like, you fed him an excuse. And then the documentary kind of takes a weird turn. It was almost like they cut out a piece. It was just like, oh, press conference. And the police announce that this husband has, you know, pled guilty. And then he explains where the bodies were. Oh, okay. This guy works for an oil something. I don't know what it was. Refinery, whatever. Something to do with oil. And the day of the murders, or at least when we knew they were missing, he was out at some site all morning. Well, that's where he took the bodies. And he basically explains, and this is a two hour documentary. And again, hopefully you've seen it by now, or if you don't want to, you just want to hear me talk about it. He says that he fell in love with this other girl, which by the way, the police had discovered there was this other woman. She came forth and was like, I had nothing to do this with this. I just want to let you know I was with this guy. He told me that the, he was getting a divorce. So this guy is totally lying to everybody. He's cheating on his wife who, the, with the little mistress. The mistress looks like an updated version of his wife. Same hair color, similar eyes, similar body type. Like it, they could be sisters. So. Anyway, he basically said he just wanted a new life and he freaking smothered his wife and then I believe he smothered his kids. They didn't really make that very clear unless I missed it. And then he takes his wife out, buries her in some hole in, some, in the dirt and throws his kids down these giant like oil well things. Now again, they didn't make it very clear if there was like a bunch of oil in there or it was empty or what, I'm assuming there was oil, but can you imagine? Oh, it was just so heartbreaking. I'm happy to say he obviously pled guilty and he goes to jail and nobody believed for a second that this woman was gonna hurt her kids. But it was so haunting to watch because she seemed so alive. She was excited about being pregnant, this wife. She loved her kids and you see all these videos where they're like, get daddy a hug we're getting on the plane to go visit grandma and grandpa and all these things and it was just oh 
definitely heartbreaking. My heart goes out to the family and all those people who knew these people and just the ride they went on of trying to find them, terrible. But it was definitely like a mystery. And, you know, it's such a catch-22 when you enjoy the mystery of a documentary, but it's someone else, someone else's suffering, you know? And so I definitely feel like, man, I try to at least personally learn something from documentaries, learn about people, learn about crime, understand something different so that these people who I will never meet, their lives aren't just entertainment. And that's what got me thinking about the second part of this episode today. That every time there's a crime documentary, it's about miserable people. In some way, they're looking for happiness usually in the wrong way, but that's what they want. You have this man who killed his wife. He thought that he would be happy if, hey, I can just start fresh. I don't have to worry about divorce, spousal support, child support. You know, we don't have to do anything. We just start clean. I'm a new person with a new life. I'll be happy then. And he's freaking in jail now because that's not how you find happiness. Note to self there, people. If you're looking for happiness, killing your wife and kids, not the way to do it. So I just started to begin to realize that all documentaries are including miserable people. Another example would be like Making a Murderer. Like this guy, oh my gosh, which we won't get too deeply into Making a Murderer. Just the 10 episodes, and I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. I think most people have just the life he led this guy ends up in prison for a crime he didn't commit but then another crime happens and whether or not he committed it i'll let you guys be the judge won't get into that just in case you haven't seen it it is one of the best documentaries i've ever watched for sure but i started to notice when i was watching another documentary this weekend i watched the paris hilton doc which that one just got a little bit of press, so I kind of stumbled across something on YouTube and I was like, oh my gosh, Paris Hilton, who's thought of her lately? I mean, back in the like early 2000s, she was huge. I actually saw her when I lived in LA. I lived in LA for 14 years. She was the only celebrity I ever saw like mobbed by the paparazzi. And I saw dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of celebrities in my years there. I mean, I even saw a former vice president, Al Gore, and, you know, the Secret Service. I saw everything. But Paris Hilton, we were at the, like, an outdoor mall, this date and I, terrible date, and she just came walking by, and there's just, like, click, 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 flash, like, a mob of, like, 15 to 20 photographers just following her every step. And apparently she's still really, really big and, you know, has a huge following on Instagram and is huge all over the world and she's a DJ. I just thought she fell off the earth. I haven't thought anything of her. So when I saw online that she had a documentary, I'm like, about what? And it's actually really touching because you see who she is, supposedly, I mean, you never really know, as an actual person. Like she puts aside her persona that's hot like that's hot yeah like I'm Paris Hilton and that's hot like that was her phrase right that's how she talked oh my gosh like what's a Walmart I don't even know I'm so rich you know she has that thing they call vocal fry 
when you have that and you talk like that, like the Kardashians, like, oh my God, you guys, it's so, yeah. That's called vocal fry, yeah. So anyway, I just was like, all right, let me see what this is about. And you see her just go from, that's hot to, yeah, I have this cartoon character that I play and she went through this abuse. And again, I won't really spoil it for you because it's an actual, I think it's a documentary worth watching. It's on YouTube and maybe some other places, but you can stream it for free on YouTube and just Google the Paris Hilton documentary. I don't remember what it was called. And you kind of get a window into her life, which is a little bit of chaos. And she basically states, and this isn't ruining anything for you, that she used to think once she made $100 million, she would be happy. And now she's trying to make a billion dollars, and then she'll be happy. And it becomes quite apparent that that's not how you find happiness. And I hope that she kind of takes a look at this documentary and goes, wow, I need to really establish relationships and have a foundation and connection to people because she's very dependent on her fans and money. And that's when I really started to realize that every single documentary is about someone who's unhappy. You know, the Gabriel Fernandez documentary is about this miserable mom who abuses her kid. And that's how they get sort of relief. I mean, they used to feed the dog, I mean, feed the dog, feed the poor kid kitty poop out of the litter box. Like make him eat that and abuse him because she had so many issues in her life and she took it out on her kid. I mean, time after time after time, these different documentaries show us everybody's looking for happiness. And I think it's fascinating to me in a sad way that that's how people try to find it. Whether it's murder, whether it's um, abuse, whether it's drugs and alcohol. I mean, I've watched almost every season of Intervention and it's always these young people where something horrific happens to them. And it's never about the drugs or alcohol, it's about the fact that they're miserable. So I don't know, that was just something that kind of came up in my mind and I'd be curious to hear what you guys think. You know, shoot me a text or a message on Instagram or you can write me on Big Time Small Talk Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, I'm under Jody Rollins, or I also have an Instagram page at Big Time Small Talk Podcast, or Facebook, or Twitter, blah, 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 blah. You can find me. I would love to hear what you guys think. Because yes, I love mystery. Like I started this episode, I love that genre. And these documentaries are fascinating. Do you guys ever feel a little guilt about having entertainment? with someone's suffering, someone's suffering becomes our TV show. And all they're really looking for is happiness. So I don't know. I just thought that was food for thought and I wanted to run it by you guys in this episode. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Please click subscribe and share the podcast with just one friend or one family member so they have a chance. I'm trying to grow this podcast and make it the best it can possibly be. 
Today was a more light and interesting episode where we just are looking at documentaries, but as you know, we have fun. We talk about serious episodes as well, serious items, serious issues as well. And I really appreciate you guys listening. So click five stars if you're on Apple Podcasts, click subscribe and tune in again. I loved talking about my favorite genre today. And as I end every show, that's my story and I'm sticking to it.